Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, uh, we have got kind of a familiar story to us because we have a woman on today who lost her uh, son in an automobile accident. And uh, that happened to us. And he's a little bit older, and but we were, Scott was 17, and it's a few years ago. So we've got a wonderful woman uh, coming on, and we're going to be interested in hearing how she's done the grief journey. Well, like you said, Mom, we have a guest today that son also died in a car accident. Um, he was only 19 at the time, and he was pretty outstanding. So we're and she is extremely outstanding as well. So let me introduce her. Her name is Dr. Alicia Marshall. Um, she, her son, Aaron Jean Marshall, who we called AG, he died in a car accident at only 19 years old. And he was a very talented rap artist, Mom, and he wrote over 500 songs. He was really living his passion, I think, and he lived, breathed, and slept his music and did an amazing job. Um, and his legacy, I think, lives on through his music. His mother is just as outstanding. Um, she is a tenured professor in the math department at AACC. She is the CEO of Educational Excellence, a tutoring company. Um, she has won numerous awards for the work that she has done in her life and is helping many, many kids and inspiring them to get a higher education. Um, she is a member of the Compassionate Friends, a member of Breed Parents, and a member of Alive Alone. Welcome to the show, Dr. Alicia Marshall. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to be here. Thank you very much. It's so great to have you on today. Now, it hasn't been very long for you since you had your loss, only a couple of years, right? Yes, it's been it's been very um, a very difficult time, um, but I've gotten through it. So that's that's part of why I was excited with this opportunity to talk a little bit about the sadness, the grief, but also about hope and healing. A, a couple of weeks after her son AG, her only son died. She, I saw her on YouTube. I saw her on the internet giving this speech. It was to seniors that were graduating, right? Yes, at University of Maryland, Baltimore County, my alma mater. It was amazing because you were talking about grit and how we get through adversity in life and how you had gotten through the adversity in your life and uh, use grit to get where you were through all your education, your doctorate, your master's, your undergrad, and you had a baby when you went through a lot of this, your son, and how your son used the same tenacity and grit to become such a very, very popular rap artist. And I just, I think it's really, really incredible. And I was wondering, looking at grit, how has it helped you to push through this intense pain and the grief of, of your son not being here? Well, I would, I would say I probably wouldn't be here without grit and determination. Um, we, we often feel that as parents, we are teaching our children something and that they're watching everything that we do. And that's definitely true for my son. Um, I believe that although he, we took different paths in life, I was an educator, he was doing, you know, hip hop rap and that type of thing. But he watched my determination. He watched how I focused and studied really uh, hard and long nights and things for my dissertation when I was working in grad school. And I think he applied that to his own life. So um, I actually learned a lot from him. I, I watched how he started off uh, writing lyrics when he was probably in middle school as early as nine years old and he continued all throughout his life and he died at 19 as you said so um usually especially the students that i come in contact with at the college at that age they're still trying to figure out what they want to do mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that um but i did uh, admire and i learned from my son about you know kind of having a dream focusing on that and just 
you know, plugging and plugging and plugging along until you get to a point where you're successful. And, and he probably would have been more successful if he, if he was still with us today, but he, he definitely made a lot of progress in the time that well, he that's the interesting part about, about AG. There was an intensity about him wanting to keep doing the work and get as much out there as he could. And I remember hearing that even though his friends were going on vacation in Miami, he didn't want to go. He said, no, mom, I have to stay home and get this work done and get these songs out. So it was really interesting because he lived a really full life in only 19 years. And he had this intensity of getting all this work done. And he did more in his short life than most people do in a lifetime. He, he, he did. And, and that's the one, the one thing that I try to share with young people. We don't know how long we're here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, even as a, a, a person, and I'm not going to share my age, but as a not young person, um, we, we tend to think, you know, let's wait until I get here. Let's wait until I have enough money. And you, and you really never know. And because my son focused on that, I have like um, you mentioned before, over 500 songs. Um, there are still over 100 songs that haven't yet been released that we can continue to release. And that's all because that he was focused and he kept pushing on with, with what he wanted and his goals and moving towards that. So I learned a lot from him. Now, I wanted to ask you, what's gotten you through? I mean, uh, I know that you're involved with the Compassionate Friends and Alive Alone. Um, they have been a lifeline. And I... Um, I'm also part of the Bereaved Parent USA chapter, yes. and I was um, at a meeting last week. And at that meeting, I shared along with other people that were there how this group really, in some ways, saved our lives. Um, I was a single parent at the time um, my son passed away, so I did not even have spousal support. Um, I'm, I'm very blessed I have parents that are still living who helped me through that. But um, I was essentially alone in terms of you know my day-to-day, right? And, I didn't have any other children. Aaron was my only child. Um, so coming to a group and being around people who were knowledgeable about what I was experiencing, who could um, show me that it, it will be all right. You know, that's one of the first things that we, we kind of cling to is, you know, take me to someone who's been through this and let me see them smile and laugh. And I remember going to my first meeting and seeing these people, and I think you've spoken about this before, they're smiling and they're laughing and they've, they've had this horrible loss. And even though it's difficult at that time, you realize that there is hope and that one day that could be you. And that's just, um, I don't think anybody counseling, I did do grief counseling as well, which is a tremendous help. Um, but I think it's difficult to, to get that type of benefit outside of a support group of bereaved parents. We just became each other's family and it's been tremendous. Um, one of the things I also did was I sought out a grief counselor who had also lost a child. We talked about that as well. And he um, was tremendous in helping me get through this too. I, I love that because I feel like that he could normalize some of the stuff you were going through. You know, because I mean, my mom and I always talk about early on, sometimes you don't, you don't recognize yourself. And you're like, is this normal? I feel like I'm going crazy. I feel like I'm not myself. And someone can say, you know what? What you're going through is normal. And that's such a relief sometimes, you know, because we don't know. It really is. And, and as you, you have talked about in your shows as well, the society tells you it's time to get over this, right? Yeah, so yeah. Um, even though you're feeling the way you're feeling, it's, it's really great to be around other people that say, hey, look, if you don't feel like going to Thanksgiving this year, don't go. It's okay. You know, don't beat yourself up because you haven't gotten to the point where you're doing all of the things that you did before your child died. I mean, your child is no longer here and you've got to take care of yourself for that. Um, 
Other things that I did was uh, a lot of journaling, which I still do, um, helped me stay connected with my son. Um, so I would write to him in my journal, he would write back. Um, that was a great uh, experience and that helped me through things as well. I love that right back yeah. now. Have you, do you, so you feel like you still got a connection with him? Oh, definitely. Um, I think one of the comforting things about losing someone so close to you is that the knowledge, if you can accept that, that that person is not gone, um, that they're still involved in your life, they're still with you. And for, for me, as a, as a parent of an only child, um, it was devastating because Aaron and I were together all the time. I mean, people would see us even when I was doing my tutoring business and I would be out in the community, I would be at the library. It was me and this little guy following me around with his backpack. We were just inseparable. And to go from that to all of a sudden not having that person there is, is very devastating. Um, so I almost had to believe that, okay, he's out here somewhere and he's not gone. And writing to him helped me to stay connected. Um, I, I know that you may have heard about using your non-dominant hand to write back, right? So I did use that technique and we have had many conversations through the journaling and just, you know, talking to him in my mind as well. So, so Alicia, tell me more about the non-dominant hand. Tell the people out there listening about that. So this is a technique that I read about in that you do write to your, your child or the loved one that you miss and you use your non-dominant hand to respond. So I'm right-handed, I would write like I normally would and then I would change into my left hand and I would um, essentially write back as if I were Aaron. And I would just write whatever was coming to my mind um, and it was to me an automatic type of writing and it was a response to what I had written. And I really can't, I believe that they are thoughts, that they are impressions that are coming directly from my son, not necessarily myself. Um, but even if you think that maybe it is yourself having a conversation, whatever it is, um, it is, to me, it, it was very comforting. And to most people, I think it is to kind of understand that there's still a conversation that you can have with your loved one. Now, I wanted to uh, know, I, you, it was a sudden death for you, like it was for us with Scott. Uh, how did you get through those, for, for people that are watching, how did you get through that um, shock and experience? And talk a little bit about the process you've been through. As, as most people experience with a sudden death, I was in shock, right? So I, my son was living with me at the time. I went in his room like I did every day. I looked in on him and I said, he's okay. And I went to work. Um, unfortunately, he had his accident during the day while I was at work. He was trying to get to school and we believe that he fell asleep at the wheel. Um, I didn't hear about it or I wasn't notified really until about 1030 at night. So I, I went through the day um, thinking, you know, he's home asleep, he, you know, you know what kids do at that age, they go to class, they're tired, they, you know, and I couldn't reach him. And, and finally, I think I started to get um, um, really panicked around seven, eight o'clock at night when I got home and he still wasn't there and his friends didn't know. So I went through all of that. Um, by the time they, the uh, police officer came to my door, I was in, in some ways relieved. Um, I think you, I mean, and this, people may think this is crazy, but you start to think about the terrible things that could have happened when, you know, when you're, you're a parent, you're looking for your child, you know, are they murdered on the street? Are they this, are they that? Mm -hmm. And I was actually relieved that the police officer said, you know, he, he passed away instantly. Um, you know, they think the, that he was asleep. 
And I just said to myself, um, he's with God. He's okay. And I, I, I didn't even cry at that time. I remember being very thirsty and I just kept drinking bottles of water, but it, you know, I was in shock. Um, I think just thinking about, I'm a very spiritual person. So in my mind, I said that um, Aaron was with God and that he was okay. And um, I kept repeating this phrase in my mind to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord to be asked. I mean, I, I kept saying every time I would think about the accident, I would think about um, if he had been in pain, what did he look like? Um, I wasn't there with him. I kept saying, be asking from the body to be present with the Lord. And that I like this because it feels like kind of a meditation and very yeah. self-soothing to keep in and, and a belief system that he is in a calm, good place. I like that you helped your, yourself get through that. Don't you mom? I do too. I think it's a wonderful mantra. I mean, yeah. a wonderful statement. Was there a turning point for you where you uh, really decided you had to get it together or did you have it together? Um, yes, I actually will say that there was. Um, I went through, I think what most bereaved parents go through um, in that, especially, you know, and I, I'm not downplaying anybody else's loss, but um, the loss of a child is tremendous, but I, I also had to grieve um, never having grandchildren, um, who's going to look out for me when I get older, um, I'm never going to see him get married, uh, all of these things that um, were really no longer. And so it was, it was a lot of secondary losses that I was dealing with. And it was very uh, depressing. Um, a lot of what I did getting my PhD, even um, running my business, was really to help me to pay for my son's private school, to it, it was almost everything that I did in my life. I could look back and see a connection to something that I was doing for my son, Aaron. So when he was all of a sudden gone, it was like, well, what am I doing? I'm driving to work and I'm pulling over on the side crying because I'm like, what is the purpose of this life? Right. Um, but I have two loving parents. I'm in a very close family and they were the doting grandparents. Aaron was their first grandchild till 1819. So they were going through tremendous loss as well. And they were older and getting up there in age. My dad had some serious health problems. And I thought to myself, I cannot leave them. Um, for one thing, I'm actually probably deathly afraid of putting harm on myself. So I would probably never go through with any plan anyway. But I thought, you know, I can't just be out physically or mentally because my parents need me. And I know what it feels like to lose a child. How could I do something that would cause them to go through so I just decided I could go through my life um, being depressed and sad about Aaron not being here and miss the two, three, four, five, ten 10 years that are here that I might have with my parents, or I can try to push myself through this and to at least be present in moments with my family while they are still here. Um, you know, we never know. And that Aaron taught me that you never know how long you have people in your lives. And I just decided that I would look back on my life and if something happened to my mom or my dad, I would say, well, what were you doing the last year? You were at home by yourself crying. You were not spending time with them. You were not hugging them. You were not loving on them. So that really did kick me in the butt a little bit. Aaron's not here, but there are thousands and thousands of Aaron's out there that are looking at you as such a role model. I mean, you're a woman that is involved in the STEM program and that is touching so many lives and you're, you're changing so many lives every day through just being you because you're walking around doing something that women 
haven't done in the past and you are changing lives and your message is really profound and it's, it's, it's going to impact generations. Well, thank you. Uh, and I, I have had a renewed sense of um, obligation, if you will, or um, urgency to help people. I see young men walking across campus and my son had been a student at the college where I work mm -hmm. and I, and I see him and yeah. if they come to my office and they need help. I'm, I'm, I, I am very willing to help them. I see my son in, in students all the time and it really renews my sense of, of how I can help others and young people move forward. If you can find a why, you can find a how. Yeah. You found a why. And that why is so live. important to everyone. Find a why, find a why to go on and you will find that how you can do it. Uh, like Alicia has. You're fabulous. And I, I want to thank you so much for your inspiration and for being on the show today. Before we close, I wanted to ask you if you had one piece of advice to someone who's struggling right now, what would it be? I would say, um, and, I, and I feel like this is probably um, not easy to hear when you're, when you're really hurting, but I would say keep hope. Keep hope front and center. There will be better times. Um, if you can just get through the moment and get through the next hour and get through the next day, you will see that there is joy. There's always sadness. And I, I wouldn't begin to tell people that I'm over my son's death, that, you know, because I laugh, because I smile, that I don't miss him like crazy every day. But I have learned that you can have joy and sadness at the same time. And um, I think if we look back, if you look back, and it, it does take a while, but if you look back on the blessings of the moments that you had with your loved one and, and think about that as the cup being half full instead of half empty, um, then we can find that this is really not a bad life. It's not the life that we planned. But I, I tell people all the time, I would have Aaron again. I would go through everything I went through. I would go through his accident. Um, knowing that what I know now and knowing the love that I could have shared with him and that I continue to share with him, I would do it all over again. I would go through the tragedy again. Well, so, well he, he motivated you and inspired you to be better than you ever would without him. That, I mean, you, you've, been, you've made a profound impact on the world and a lot of why you did that is for your, for your son. Yes, that, that is definitely true. He is an inspiration and he continues to be. Absolutely. Well, thank you again so much for being on this uh, podcast today. You're awesome. Thank you. you are. Thank you so much. And thank you for your son because he's left hundreds of songs that are very profound um, on the earth for people. Yes. So, and he would be very Oh, yes. tell us uh, before we close the show, where do we find him? Yeah. So you can look for his, any of his music on if AG, if you search AG on YouTube. He also has music on a website called spinrilla.com. So AG is his stage name and you can search for his music on YouTube or Spinrilla. Oh, thank you, Alicia. And mm -hmm. Heidi and I and Alicia want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God